Officer Bracenick. Hi, it's Iris. Hi, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? Good. Hello, and welcome to the news cycle. I'm your host, Iris Harshaw. It's Monday, May 11th. Today's episode is devoted to how the Davis Police Department operates in a pandemic and how law and order in our city have evolved. I interviewed Officer Kareth Bresnick, who has been a police officer in Davis for 20 years. Um, I guess my first question is just, um, how does it feel to be an essential worker right now? Um, well, I guess a couple things. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that I um, have a job that is still paying a uh, you know, paying my regular, uh, my salary and, and I get to go to work and, and still help people. So that's a positive, um, you know, obviously the negative is the, is the risk that we're, uh, you know, that we, um, deal with every day, dealing with, uh, talking to people, trying to help people, um, whether it's, um, enforcing some of the shelter in place ordinances, or if it's, um, doing police work, uh, solving crime, that kind of stuff, just putting ourselves in danger that way. How has your job changed in these last few months? Well, when you work for a city like like Davis, which is populated by a lot of college students and they're gone, it, it makes uh, the city different. Uh, there's not as many college students, there's not as many, uh, not much population, not a, a lot of traffic or people out and about. Um, a lot more people are at home, and so we get different types of calls. People are seeing things from their homes and reporting things that we they probably wouldn't normally see because they'd be at work. Um, things that are different. Um, you know, I don't I don't patrol my schools. I don't have as much traffic responsibilities, but uh, but you know different different types of calls for service. Um, uh, a le- I think I say less calls for service, but also more. Uh, more um, observations and witnesses from the community pointing things out for us. Can you um, describe to me what it was like back in March when the shelter-in-place order was first announced? Um, I think there was a lot of you know fear and, and, and unknowing, but also a thought that perhaps this was going to be temporary, that this was going to be maybe a week or two, and then we'd go back to normal life. Um, you know, Everyone would go back to school, and we'd all go back to work. I think the unknown... Um, was a little unnerving for uh, most of the citizens of Davis. Um, also, it was a challenge for the police department to come up with scheduling changes that would accommodate, you know, working from home, and also, uh, you know, how to limit patrol officers and detectives from from being <clears throat> too many of us in one place. Um, you know, trying to get us so that we had enough officers to staff the the, the different shifts that we work but also not a lot of overlap. What is the biggest procedural change that you think has impacted um, the role of the police department the most? Um, I think procedurally there's a lot of things that we do differently as far as asking people to contact us by phone as opposed to in person. Um, Previously, there's a, you know, we would try to uh, have a high level of service by responding directly to a person's home or a person's business to take a report and, um, and, you know, have that face-to-face contact that we just aren't having now. Uh, we're encouraging people to make reports 
online or over the phone. Um, and also if we do do things, you know, in person, you know, there's a lot of, you know, preparing to talk to people by wearing the COVID, uh, the COVID masks and gloves and just anticipating ways to protect ourselves. Speaking of the, the gloves and masks, what kind of PPE are police officers using? And like, has the department had any trouble obtaining the necessary protective equipment? Um, all I can say is so far so good. Um, we are wearing masks and wearing gloves whenever we contact people in person. Um, and we have access to, you know, full Tyvek suits and booties and things to cover our entire person if we feel like that's something that that's a necessity. Luckily, um, back in October, we had, um, as a department, um, tried to become better at providing safety equipment, mostly um, in response to some of the uh, homeless camp cleanups and code enforcement response. Um, that has kind of taken over some of our city. So we uh, we had stocked up on all those kinds of things, you know, Tyvek suits and masks and gloves. Those are things that we had actually stocked up on in October when we kind of made a shift towards trying to um, further protect our people during those kinds of events. Um, so we were lucky we had those those uh, items already. You mentioned that that because of the lack of population and the lack of movement, there's um, a lot less crimes being reported. Have you noticed any new patterns in crime activity uh, as a result of the virus? I would say crime is less, but not super less. Um, there's still a lot of, um, of you know, crime that, that occurs. You know, I remember last Tuesday we had an armed robbery and um, a felony assault that occurred within minutes of each other and it required a, a response of our entire detective division and evidence response team to come out. So we're still getting crime, I would say, at first when the shelter place happened back in March. In the beginning of April, um, the calls for service and crime was significantly down, but that has crept up over the last you know, three or four weeks. The types of crimes we're seeing now are usually um, related <clears throat> to more uh, to violent crime. People are <clears throat> stuck at home with each other. Sometimes there's a handful of domestic violence calls. We'll get a handful of, of homeless folks that are engaging in some um, some violent crime. Um, but I, I think the I think the crime trends are pretty are pretty similar. I don't think you're going to see a lot of uh, cold uh, property crimes where people's houses are getting broken into or cars are getting broken into because everyone's at home. So you see a, a decrease in those types of things. What happens when you arrest someone now? Has has the procedure changed there? Um, I think we try to lack our, our, our contact with them, but, you know, some things are just not, are just, you know, they're unavoid, unavoidable. They, uh, you know, we still have to put them in handcuffs um, and put them in the back of our police car um, and drive them to the jail. What is different is that the jail may or may not hold on to these folks um, as long as they used to. They used to be a, a minimum or a maximum of 72 hours before they went for a judge and, some of those requirements have changed because of COVID. They don't want to keep people in the jail unnecessarily. So um, a lot of times we will um, arrest somebody um, on a felony property crime and um, and they're out the same day that we arrested them, <clears throat> whereas previously that wouldn't have happened. But our, our procedures for when we arrest somebody hasn't changed. Is it frustrating to see um, people out of the jail so soon after arresting them? It can be. It can be. It can be frustrating on one sense, but understandable on the other. It isn't like we've made a, 
a sweeping change without, you know, throughout the state of California to do this um, across the board. You know, it's the time, it's, you know, this is a unique time and we have to kind of adapt to, um, you know, to, to this current situation. I don't think it's something that will be long lasting, but it's, it's, it's necessary to keep the inmate population safe and to keep their staff safe. Can you tell me a bit more about what it's, um, the type of calls that you get related to violations of the shelter in place orders? The rules have changed, you know, they've increased and then decreased over, over the last, you know, six to eight weeks. Um, it started off with people gathering in parks and, uh, you know, maybe exercising in groups, <clears throat> people thinking that that was okay as long as they were outside. And then, you know, the groups of people playing different sports, whether it was soccer, or basketball or baseball on the sports fields. We've gotten several complaints about those kinds of things. Um, and now we're getting... Um, more of the complaints about people not wearing masks when people feel like they should be, whether it's uh, out in public or at a business. Um, there's more complaints about about masks and uh, and gatherings. Has the Davis Police Department ever fined or arrested anybody for violating the um, shelter-in-place orders? No, not that I'm aware of. So um, when approaching someone who is violating those orders, they um there hasn't been any trouble with them getting them to comply thereafter no usually everyone's you know been very um you know receptive either they didn't know what the rule was or they were unclear what the rule was or they were kind of hoping to just kind of sneak in a basketball game here or there um but every time we've contacted them um you know that you know maybe reluctantly but yes they've always complied in or out of your professional life, what has been the most difficult part of this time for you? There's a lot of um, you know uncertainty about what the future holds, and so you know there's a lot of internal you know concern within the police department just about the uh, the officers and how they can you know be there for their families that are at home and also be there for the community, and so um, I think that the department's done a really good job giving people time off when they've needed it. Um, a lot of um, a lot of employees are working from home, but I think that's been the biggest stress at the police department is just trying to uh, manage the new. Uh, you know, most of us all have kids at home, trying to you know manage you know teaching them school at home and also uh, you know being there for patrol and and working the shifts. If if you could give the Davis public a message, what do you think you would say? Be patient. Be patient with each other. Be patient with your you know, with your overall federal government, you know, and be patient with your local law enforcement. Um, you know, we're all trying to figure this out one day, one week at a time, and the rules are always changing. So just be patient. And, uh, and like I said, we'll, we'll, we try to give everybody, you know, lots of information and lots of leeway as far as the, uh, um, you know, as the, the rules go, but, uh, but yeah, just be patient. The new cycle is produced by the Blue Devil Hub in collaboration with the Davis Enterprise. Iris Harshaw is the producer. Dahlia Krauss is the assistant producer. And our theme music was composed by Daniel Ruiz Jimenez. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Davis.